Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In 1 John chapter 2, the Apostle John declared, quote, I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. The Apostle John here gives us three different stages of spiritual maturity in our walk with Jesus. We go from being little children in Jesus to strong young men and women in Jesus to ultimately being spiritual fathers and mothers in Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's open our Bible now to 1 John chapter 2 and learn what it means to grow up and mature in our walk with Jesus Christ our Lord. As of the numbers right now, as of Sunday morning, something like 600 Israeli people have been killed. Um, hostages have been taken, including American hostages, Israeli hostages. And, uh, and we just want mercy, Father. Lord Jesus, I ask you to reveal yourself now to the nation of Israel, Lord, in a way that they have never, ever, ever come to see you. Or know you, Lord. I pray you would reveal yourself to them, Lord, and, and out of this, Lord, they would come to receive you as their Lord and Savior. Father, we ask you to be with them, Lord. Um, we ask for your mercy, your protection, and your provision over the nation of Israel, Father. Um, and again, above all, Father, we ask you to draw the nation of Israel as, 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 as well as all the nations of, of the world, Father, unto Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, we worship you and thank you again. We ask for your mercy, your protection, your healing, and your provision, Lord, over the nation of Israel, Lord, and just the the deaths of their of their people, Father, and just the the the, the immense pain and hurt that has to be happening in so many families right now, Father. We ask you to be with them. We ask you to have mercy on them, and above all, Father, we ask you to open their hearts that they would come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Father, I pray again that all of us who don't know you, that all 8 billion people in the world who have not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior would give their lives to Jesus, would receive Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins and the salvation of their soul. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. We ask you to give us eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. All right. We're still in uh, in 2 John, and I don't know how far I'm going to get today. There is so much here. I'm hoping to get through verse 17, and again, I don't know how far I'm going to get in it, but I'm going to start in verse 9. We got through verse 8 last time, and I'm going to read to 17, and we'll see how far we get. 1 John chapter 2, verse 9. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. 
But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. Verse 12, I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. Um, Again, there is an immense amount here in verses 12 to 14. You're going to see three different types of Christians, three different levels of maturity in Christianity. Um, He talks about you know, uh, dear children or little children, as it says in in, uh, in other translations, he talks about spiritual fathers, and he talks about young men, and so we, we're we're going to see a, a picture of three different stations of 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 men and women who are saved, who have genuinely received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and and where their walk is with Jesus, the level of their walk with Jesus. We begin. Um, When we get saved, when we first receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're spiritual children. Um, You know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3.1, mere mere infants in Christ were saved. Our sins are forgiven. Um, We understand our sinful condition. We've run to Jesus. We've received him as our Savior. And we have spiritual life. Okay, we have eternal life. Um, and, and we're, we're new Christians. We're, we're, we're spiritual children. Okay. Um, then we, we grow up from being spiritual children into what John calls young men now. And of course this means young men and women that we've grown up just from spiritual infancy to where now we're, we're living in the word of God. We're holding to the word of God. We're studying the word of God. We're obeying the word of God. We're overcoming the, the spiritual forces of evil based on the word of God. Um, and, and we're growing to be strong kind of soldiers for Christ, right? And then John talks about a, a third group. And the final group is this group of fathers. And this would also include mothers. This is spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers who certainly understand everything that the children do regarding forgiveness of sins, who are walking in everything that the young men are walking in is as far as living in the word of God and doing the work of the gospel. But, but yet they truly do have now uh, a, a motherly and a fatherly manner about them. They have matured in their walk with Christ where they really are spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. And we're, we're going to break that down because it's, it's, it's so immensely important Um to really step back and view this portion of scripture and and what it means to grow in maturity in our walk with Jesus Christ from being, 
you know, new converts. And the vast majority of Christians never get past that. They never get past from being little children in Jesus, being spiritual infants. And, and many aren't even saved. They think they're saved, but they've never truly received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But many have. The, their sins have been forgiven and they're mere infants in Christ and, and they never get beyond that. And then some do grow into young men or young women. They grow up from being spiritual infants. They're, they're, they're tremendously desiring the word of God. They're living according to the word of God. They're obeying the word of God. They're overcoming the, the spiritual forces of darkness, the devil and the demons based on the word of God and the son of God, Jesus. But then again, there's the, there's the highest level of, of Christian maturity. And that's when you become a spiritual father or a spiritual mother to, to others. Um, and, and the mark of that is really knowing deeply and walking deeply and emulating the love of our heavenly father as displayed in, in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Um, and I, and I want to be clear, you know, just time being a Christian doesn't make these things happen just because we happen to be older Christians doesn't make us fathers, doesn't make us young men. We could very easily be 50, 60, 70, 80 years old and still be mere infants in Christ, still be children or maybe young men. But but age is not a factor. Just because we're older doesn't make us spiritual fathers or spiritual mothers. Now, it certainly should. Every one of us ought to be growing um, out of being mere infants in Christ into strong young men and women spiritually in the word of God and in the son of God and obeying the word of God and overcoming the evil one through the scriptures and, uh, and growing up into being spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. This is, this is clearly what the scripture is calling us to do. So, all right, <clears throat> but let's start here in verse nine and look what John says here. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. So now he's going to give you another measure by which to examine yourself. So if you're claiming to be in the light, and what that simply means is that you're claiming to know God the Father, you're claiming to know Jesus Christ as Lord, you're claiming that the Spirit of God is living in you, you're claiming that you have knowledge and understanding that comes from this relationship with Jesus Christ. You have a claim that you're a Christian, that you have fellowship with your heavenly father through Jesus Christ, our Lord, fellowship with Jesus, fellowship with the Holy Spirit or relationship with them. Anyone who claims to be in the light. This is someone, again, who's claiming to have received the light of understanding in Jesus Christ of who God is. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. So what John is showing us is that a measure of a way to measure whether you're a genuine Christian or not, and a way to measure your maturity in Christ after that is, is a love for other Christians. Do you have in your heart a genuine love for other Christians, a genuine love for your brother's and sisters in Christ? Do you care about other Christians and them growing in fellowship with our Heavenly Father, with Jesus Christ our Lord, and with the Holy Spirit? Or can you recognize in yourself that you still have a contempt, a disdain, and even a hate 
for other Christians. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother, and again, this means men or women, hates his brother or sister, is still in the darkness, okay? So if you still have a, a, a hate in you for other Christians, then you want to do a serious examination because it is probable that you're not truly saved. Because John states here, the scripture states, if you hate fellow Christians. Now, again, that doesn't mean you don't, it doesn't mean you don't disagree with them. It doesn't mean that if, if, if fellow Christians are not holding to the word of God, you don't stand firmly on the word of God. But this is uh, an absolute hate, the opposite of love, that you'd only, you, you not only don't care about them, but you actually, you, you despise them. You have contempt in your heart for them. You don't care whether they live or die. You actually hate them. John says, then you're not in the light. You're not a Christian. Even though you're claiming to be a Christian, you're still in the darkness. Okay, so again, most of us who are listening to this teaching would say, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think I hate them. I may be frustrated. I may be irritated. I may, but you know, I don't know that I have hate, but if you do have true hatred in your heart for other believers, all right. And obviously we shouldn't hate anyone. Okay. But there ought to be a specific love in your heart for your brothers and sisters in Christ and a desire to see everyone come into that, right? The only thing that we're really allowed to hate is the devil and the spiritual forces of evil, right? We are allowed to hate evil. We're allowed to hate sin, right? But we shouldn't be hating people. And specifically, we shouldn't be hating our brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's so important that John has to write it because people are claiming to be Christians, yet they absolutely hate other Christians. And again, it's we, we do... We do have such massive division in the church today. What is it, 1,100 different denominations? We can't get along. And again, um, we need to agree on the essentials, right? The primary doctrines we need to absolutely agree on. And we do need to agree to disagree on the secondary doctrines and even the tertiary doctrines, okay? The primary doctrines are doctrines that pertain to salvation. We, we have to stand firm on that. OK, when it comes to secondary doctrines, OK, we need to take them serious. We need to study the scripture and we ought to be able to get along on them. But we still need to love each other, even if the doctrines, the secondary, very important doctrines, but that don't deal with salvation. We ought to be able to come together and agree on them. But if we can't, we still need to certainly love each other and get along as brothers and sisters in Christ. And then there's a third level that we call tertiary doctrines or third in line um, that are just things that, that, that really aren't important. Do you have pews or, or do you have chairs in the church? Um, you, know, uh, you know, do you use contemporary worship or do you use the old hymns from a long time ago? Um, do, you, do you allow coffee in the service or no coffee in the service? Just things that, that, really, that really don't make a difference, right? We should not have, you know, just heavy set opinions on tertiary doctrines, right? We should just, you know, listen, whatever makes you happy. If you want to have a pew instead of a chair, that's fine. If you want to have a chair instead of a pew, Jesus really isn't concerned about it, okay? All right, verse 10. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. So uh, 
one of the, the most important verifiable, verifiable evidences that you are truly a Christian, that you are in the light. Whoever loves his brother, and this means brother or sister, lives in the light, meaning that you, 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 you're, the pattern of your life is in the light. It's in fellowship with your heavenly father, with Jesus Christ, our Lord, and with the Holy Spirit. You're in the word of God and the son of God. You, you can see, you can, you, you can understand that the word of God is making sense to you, right? You're growing in your relationship with Jesus. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light. So when you look into your heart, if you can see verifiable love and care for your brothers and sisters in Christ, that you want them to grow to know Jesus, that 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 it grieves you when they're struggling or when they're hurting um, or when they're sick and you're you're praying for them and you want what's best for them. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. So again, when you look inside yourself, when you examine yourself, that's what these scriptures are driving us to do, right? To examine ourselves, to see if there is love in our hearts for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We already said, obviously, if you find hate in your heart, uh, you certainly need to just to earnestly repent now and fall back at the foot of the cross and say, Lord Jesus. And again, all of us, I mean, I have frustration and irritation in my heart more than I should, but it's not by any means hate or disdain or contempt. So, but all of us could look at our hearts and we really ought to all, you know, repent and ask forgiveness for ways that we're not acting in, in love toward our brothers. But what he's saying here is that if you have a pattern of life where you truly do care about your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, you desire their welfare, you want them to do well, you pray for them when they're going through struggles or sicknesses or diseases or hardships or pain or when they, they lose loved ones, right? We talked this morning, right, about, about Israel. Now, again, the vast majority of Israel, regrettably, hasn't received Jesus. They need Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now, this doesn't mean that if that if, if, if all of Israel gets saved, which ultimately will happen, the Bible teaches, and we talked about that in the book of Romans, um, that, that these kind of things wouldn't happen, okay? It doesn't mean that, 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 that we're not open to difficulties and hardships and this terrible attack that they just, you know, that they just underwent wouldn't happen if they were Christians. Um, but, but make no mistake, all 8 billion, 200 million people in the world need Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And only in Jesus can we walk in the light. Only in Jesus can we have love for our brothers and sisters who are also in Jesus, right? All right, verse 11. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness. So you see the back and forth. Nine, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness, okay? 10, whoever loves his brother lives in the light. So again, it's, it's examining the pattern of your life. Obviously, we don't love our brothers and sisters in Christ perfectly as we should, as Jesus does. But we ought to desire that. So again, do you see a growing love for fellow Christians, a desire to see them grow? Do you pray for them and care about them and look to, to help them with your time, talents, and money when they're struggling? Okay, This is how you can tell you have genuine love in your heart for your brothers and sisters in Christ. 
Verse 10, whoever loves his brother lives in the light and there's nothing in him to make him stumble. We don't stumble when we're in the light, right? Because we can see. We stumble when we're in the darkness. You know, these are metaphors he's using because we, we can't see. It's only in fellowship with our heavenly father in and through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and in the Holy Spirit that, that we have light, that we can see and understand and that, and that God makes sense to us in any manner or in any way. Without Jesus, we can have no understanding of who God is whatsoever. That is the plain, unambiguous teaching of the scriptures, and it's what John is teaching here. Verse 11, but whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. So again, if you have hate in your life for your brothers and sisters, hate, contempt, just raw disdain, malice, you want bad things to happen to them, then, then you're walking around in the darkness. The pattern of your life is not in the light. And again, there's a very good possibility that you're not saved is what John is saying here. And you need to go back to the foot of the cross and, and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of your sins, the salvation of your soul, deliverance from eternal hell and to bring you to heaven when you die, right? Verse 11, but whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. And again, so you can see the, the metaphor, right? When, we're, when it's dark, we can't see. It's only in fellowship with our heavenly father in and through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the Holy Spirit lives in us, that we have a light, that we have eyes that can see and understand and make sense and have relationship and intimacy and fellowship with each member of the triune God, God, the Father, God, the Son, Jesus, and God, the Holy Spirit. Without that, everywhere we go, we're walking around in darkness, okay? Spiritual darkness. We can't see. Things don't make sense to us. We have no fellowship, no relationship, more, no, no intimacy. And again, if, if you would say that you're in that place, simply humble yourself before Jesus. Acknowledge your hopeless, helpless, desperate state. And that without Jesus, you know that only eternal hell awaits and call on him, cry out to him. Romans 10, 13 says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not our words that save us, but it's, it's, it's our words that, that we use to communicate our heart. Just tell Jesus that you do believe he is the son of God and you believe he came into this world and lived a perfect righteous life on your behalf that you could never live. You believe that he died a torturous death on the cross that you should have died and tell him you believe he is alive and risen and and then and then you know call out to him asking him to be your savior lord jesus save me i put all my faith and trust and confidence in you alone lord jesus to save me from the wrath of of god the father and from an eternity in hell and to bring me to heaven when i die jesus i'm clinging to you save me lord jesus all right so again, if you find yourself as the pattern of your life walking around in darkness, go back to the foot of the cross and receive Jesus again. All right. So now again, we're going to finish up with these, uh, these verses 12 to 14. Look at verse 12. Okay, now this is an extremely important pattern of, of three different places of spiritual maturity. Okay, it begins in verse 12. I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. So again, John is consistently giving reasons throughout this book as to why he's writing. All right. 
And so dear children now, or little children, as some other versions say, he's saying, I write to you because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. So again, when we first become Christians, when we first receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are saved. We will go to heaven when we die. That cannot be undone. Jesus Christ lives in you. You're genuinely saved. That cannot be undone. The issue is, was it ever real, right? Have you ever really received Jesus? Um, and we'll see that down in verse 19 in this, in this chapter, as a matter of fact. But the, 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 first, the first place is to, be, uh, is to be saved. Our sins are forgiven. I write to you, dear children or little children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. Now, these are, these are spiritual infants in Christ. Okay, These are people who have genuinely understood their sinfulness. They know that they're sinners. They know they're desperate hopeless, helpless, and only in Jesus Christ can they be forgiven of their sin, delivered from an eternity in hell and the wrath of God the Father, and to go to heaven when they die. And that's the first level of spiritual maturity is you're a newborn baby. You have spiritual life, okay? Now, regrettably, as I said earlier, the vast majority of Christians in the world never grow up from this place. They never grow up from spiritual infancy. Okay, it ought to be the desire of every one of us in Christ to grow up to be spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. And as we're going to see, that's going to be dictated by by how well you truly walk in love. And that that's that's very encompassing how well you walk in understanding, how well you walk in forgiveness, how well you truly act like a mature father or a mature mother. And I'll say again, position in the church, regrettably, is literally no verifiable evidence that you are either a, a strong young man or woman in the faith or that you're a spiritual father or mother. So did you understand what I said? We can be in the church today and we can have a position of, of pastor, ministry leader, um, deacon, elder, and that, that is not in itself any evidence at all that, 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 that you are even more than a baby Christian, okay? So again, position or title uh, by no means is an evidence that, that, that you are beyond a baby Christian in Christ. And oftentimes, sometimes people have position and titles and they're not even saved. So verse 12 I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. 13, I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. Now, now in verse 13 here, he's talking about men and women of God who've walked a long time in Jesus and they've grown in their relationship with Jesus. They have a deep and intimate fellowship with Jesus and it is verifiable by their walk. You can see that they have an interest in Jesus and talking about Jesus and a relationship with Jesus. They have a passion for Jesus. They're spiritual fathers or mothers, and they're consistently trying to help others to grow in these things. I write to your fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. They've walked with Jesus for many, many, many years, and there is a deep knowing, a deep fellowship, a deep relationship with Jesus that emanates out of their lives. Look at the third group. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. 
Okay. So again, now these are, these are people who are not mere infants in Christ. They're not yet fathers or mothers, but yet they are zealous for Christ and they have overcome the enemy. They are standing firm in the word of God and in the son of God. They understand that there are spiritual battles and the devil and the demons are coming against them. And they have in Jesus as a lifestyle overcome the evil one. Now look at, he repeats himself. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. So again, just to be saved means that you do have some knowledge that God the Father is your heavenly Father. You have a relationship with your heavenly Father. You have not yet grown up to walk with him as a young man, right? Um, and you have certainly have not grown up to walk with him yet as a father or a spiritual mother. Because we're talking about, remember, these are all spiritual designations, Little children spiritually, young men and women spiritually, uh, fathers and mothers spiritually, right? Look at verse 14. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. So again, he repeats himself here, right? So again, the, the verifiable evidence that you and I have grown to this level of spiritual maturity as spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers, is, is that it ought to manifest in, in our lives. It ought to manifest in our walk with Jesus. This deep, intimate knowing ought to manifest in every aspect of our lives. If you're a spiritual father or mother, you have a serious concern about, about all Christians, about the church, about their growing to know Jesus, growing to walk Jesus. You yourself have a deep conviction over your sin, um, your relationship with your heavenly father, with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit is a very strong, intimate, knowing relationship, right? You've walked in it for many, 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 many years now and have grown mature in this certainty and in this relationship and it pervades every aspect of your life. There is an immense love in your life, right? You, you have learned to put down your pride, right? You're not perfect yet, right? But you've learned to acknowledge your pride. You've learned to walk in forgiveness and concern. You've learned to be a father when, when spiritual children are acting like children and you still have a love for them, a concern for them, a desire to, to serve them, right? I write to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men. Because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. So again, th this is a profound set of texts here, right? So now the young men are strong, okay? So you're not a child anymore. You're not just a spiritual infant anymore. You've actually grown to be strong in your faith in Jesus Christ. Strong in your relationship with your heavenly father and with the Holy Spirit. He says, I write to you young men, young men because you are strong. And this means young men are young women. You're not children anymore. You've grown up and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. So again, there's a process, okay? When you begin to spend time in the word of God and, and meditating on the word of God, studying the word of God, growing to obey the word of God, and the word of God lives in you, and you have a heart to obey it and to please your heavenly father, and to and you know that as you obey the word of God, you're, you grow to be 
more intimate with him. You grow to know him better, right? That's the path from growing up to the highest level of spiritual maturity where you are a genuine father or mother. Now, a father and mother does all these things, okay? A spiritual father or mother certainly has the word of God living in them, right? We don't just skip over it, right? You don't just go from infant to spiritual father or mother. There's a process and that process begins and ends in the word of God and in the son of God. I write to you young men because you are strong. How are they strong? And the word of God lives in you. This is why we do these things so we can grow up from being spiritual children into strong young men and women in Christ and ultimately into spiritual fathers and mothers who walk in a deep and intimate and profound relationship with Jesus are consistently helping others to do that. Um, and are walking in everything that John is going to say in this book. You walk in a complete forgiveness for others. You have a love and concern for others. Um, you're able to see your own flaws, your own sin, your own pride in all of these things, right? And in that, in the word of God and the son of God, we're aware that we have a, a devil and demonic forces and we overcome them, right? I write to you, young, I write to you young men because you were strong, and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. Wow. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy. Father, I ask you to help us to grow up today. I ask you to forgive me, Father, just where we're still. There are so many areas in my life and in my walk where I need to, I need to grow up, Father. I just need to, to continue to grow, Lord, to, 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 to be a, a better spiritual father um, in every aspect of my life, Father. And that is my desire. I ask you to help us one and all, Father, wherever we are, Lord, in this walk, however long we've been walking with Jesus, to grow, to, to know Jesus if we don't know him, to be saved if we're not saved, and then to grow up from being little children who understand that we've been forgiven and we know our need for forgiveness and we know God the Father is our heavenly Father, up into strong young men and women, Lord, who, who spend time in the word of God and who are obeying the word of God um, and overcoming the devil and all the demons and ultimately into spiritual fathers and mothers, Lord, who are doing all those things and helping others, Lord, grow into this deep and intimate and meaningful relationship and fellowship with you, Father and with you, Lord Jesus, and with you, Holy Spirit. Father, we ask you to seal this message to our hearts now. And again, we ask for your mercy and blessing and salvation and protection to come to the nation of Israel in and through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.